morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mario, also known as the Node Defender, joining us on this Thursday. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and Johnny Crypto will be joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is becoming more outspoken than ever against the SEC, stating this agency is putting politics over policy and a ruling is expected in the coming weeks. MasterCard and Visa both announced this week that blockchain is capable of enhancing payments, while Coinbase has filed a new brief against the SEC, claiming this attack on the crypto industry only aids foreign economies. And with the global banking crisis quickly turning to crypto to solve their liquidity issue, we break down the details, showing our community how digital assets are shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Mario, the pressure is on you this morning, my friend, as Johnny Crypto has called in sick at the last second, but he's going to be joining us later in the episode. So I'm excited for today's show. How you feel, my friend? And thanks for being here. Feeling awesome, man. The pressure is on me, I guess. Let me brush it off so I don't get any more pressure, but feeling awesome this morning. I'm super happy to be here, super blessed to be, uh, obviously, another day above ground. Uh, happy to be here with Jackie, happy to be to be here with you, Abs, and as well with everybody in the chat, sending everybody love out there. Thank you, Mario and Jackie. Obviously, the big news out of Ripple today is their CEO, Brad Garlinghouse, doing an interview in Dubai and stating this case is going to be over in not months, but weeks. And we're going to provide some details there. But first of all, how are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Feeling great, guys. Um, always happy to be on with you guys, with my fam. Um, and also love seeing everyone in the chat. We are super excited for the things that we've got going up on in the Academy, what we're going to talk about today. So let's do it. Thank you so much, Jackie. And with that being said, we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at 4,220 followers. Go smash that follow button. I love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, Mario, sitting at a 51. And it's getting pretty boring showing this chart as we haven't moved in nearly a month in that neutral range. When we look at some of the daily movers today, we've got Render up 14%. And I want to give a shout out to Gonzo because he's been calling out Render in the Academy for almost three weeks now. So shout out to Gonzo this morning. We also have Hex down 18%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.1 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 26,000. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP, 45 cents. Cardano is 35 cents. And one of our favorites, Quant Network, is sitting at a crisp $100 bill this morning, Mario. And we already got 200 live listeners joining us. Show us some love smash that like button. We got a bunch of interesting articles to get into, but really quickly, Mario, what projects are you watching in the market today? Uh, nothing new for me, but I, I, I am I am starting to feel like the market could potentially, just for me personally, I, I feel like the market could potentially be turning around. And by turning around, I mean like turning bullish. I saw a poll on Twitter this morning. And again, it only had about 100, 100 votes, but um, it was whether we would get 30,000 first or 25,000 first and 75% of people voted for 25. And we know what usually happens. The sentiment tends to go the opposite direction of what the masses feel. And 
I do think that we could potentially, and again, I don't mean that we're going to go bullish in all-time highs. What I mean is that we could potentially resume this uptrend from, from the lows of, of six months ago. But, um, you know, with the fact that we've got certain things like like the, the, the debt ceiling, you know, they've got to make a decision by June 1st. I don't think they will default on debt. I think they will turn the printers back on. That's just what they do. That's just what they've done. If they don't, then it will be unprecedented. And, I, and honestly, I mean, the U.S. dollar is already in a bad enough position as it is. If they do that, they will completely crush it. So I don't think that they will make that decision. And for that reason, you know what happens every time they turn the printers back on. So. Jackie, they voted on the debt ceiling 87 times up until this point, and every single time they've decided to raise the debt. So, of course, it's fear-mongering. It's putting fear out in the public. And I want to talk about the XRP price chart before we get into our articles for today. Jackie, for anyone who doesn't know, you do a lot of TA within the academy, and you do fantastic work. And when I look at the XRP price chart, this $0.40 cent range seems to be a very strong level of support on the shorter time frames. But when we look at the monthly candles, we're seeing something extremely bullish. And this is what I wanted to show our listeners here. As on these monthly timeframes, we've got a strong level of support forming around this 44 cent range and almost no resistance leading us up to that 83 cent price. And obviously, we're going to provide our listeners with a bunch of positive news about Ripple and the SEC this week. So to see the price start looking great, it's really not a surprise. But before we get into it, what are you watching this morning, Jackie? Yeah, the XRP price does look good. We definitely go over that chart every um, every time we do a technical analysis call, Gonzo and I. Um, some other projects that we've had our eye on, um, Gonzo loves the gaming space. He talks a lot about the gaming um, sector, a lot of cryptos that are in that space. Um, that's why we love Gonzo. Uh, we also are looking at some stuff on Adam. I'm seeing a couple comments in the chat about the APY of um, Adam on Coinbase at the moment. So they have actually within the Cosmos ecosystem, there's a project injective that's been kind of buzzing around Twitter right now. That's something where we are keeping our eye on. Um, yeah, just that. And then also, I think it'd be interesting. Some of the news that we have um, might be interesting to look at BNB with some of the Chinese you know, the China news and, and uh, CZ, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll dive into that. Spot on, Jackie. And we got 251 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here this morning. If you're wondering where my man Johnny Crypto is, the alarm didn't wake him up. Can you believe it, guys? And of course, I'm just teasing. He's going to be here later in the episode. But Jackie, I'm kicking it to you first on this article. As the big news out of yesterday, not involving Ripple, is that China's central television channel, the number one government channel in China, promoted cryptocurrency for the first time ever yesterday. So I'm going to read this tweet from CZ and then kick it back to you. CCTV just broadcast crypto for the first time ever, and it's a big deal. The Chinese media is, or sorry, the Chinese speaking communities are buzzing and historically cover coverages like these have led to bull runs. He's not saying this predicts the future and none of this is financial advice, but the news that did come out yesterday is I'm going to read a couple of headlines here. The Chinese state-run media outlet CCTV has just broadcast news about Hong Kong's upcoming crypto adoption. Starting on June 1st, 2023, guidelines for operators of virtual asset trading platforms will officially take effect. Those currently operating in Hong Kong will need to apply within nine months after June 1st, and they can only continue to operate in Hong Kong after approval. Now, Jackie, this is the beginning of a much larger movement we're seeing where the rest of the world is leaning into digital assets while the United States is pushing in the opposite direction. So do you agree with CZ that news like this can be a catalyst for a bull run? Um, I think it'll definitely uh, provide liquidity into the market. Obviously, if there's going to be, you know, um, trading going on and platforms that are support supporting trading and things like that, there's going to be an injection of liquidity. 
I wouldn't go as far as to say, and this is just my opinion, I wouldn't go as far as to say that we're going to break um, previous cycles. I know um, some of some of the team has a pretty strong, strong stance on the four-year cycles. I'm kind of one of them. We haven't really seen a break from that in, in the past. And so um, this, although this is big news and it is the start of, you know, mainstream adoption and things like that, um, you know, we saw in the past, like even even within the United States, bringing up like the Super Bowl, there were so many cryptocurrency commercials um, on the Super Bowl. That's like the most watched thing within the U.S. And, you know, we didn't really see any any big market breaks out of that. So um, I don't really expect anything um, as far as like a deviation from what we've seen in the past with this as well. Mario, we often talk about how to identify successful companies during a bear market. And the number one attributor here is acquisitions. Any company that is going out and building their platforms while the rest of the market is losing money, those are the companies that tend to stick around through these market cycles that we're discussing. And this is the latest update out of Crypto Airy this morning as Galaxy Digital CEO Mike Novengratz has been a heavy critic of Ripple and XRP. Well, he just sold one of his largest assets to Ripple. And we're going to discuss that within this video. Here we go. It came out on May 9th in the Galaxy Digital Holdings Shareholder Update Conference Call. This is Mike Novogratz's company, and he owned the world's longest-running exchange headquartered in Luxembourg called Bitstamp. Well, it has been acquired by Ripple. And this is a key purchase because Bitstamp is an ODL exchange which means they facilitate XRP in the use of being a bridge for cross-border remittances. They listed XRP back in 2017, but suspended trading for the retail investor after the lawsuit. This was a very interesting acquisition because it is retail facing. Is Ripple going to use it for ODL? Probably. Are they also gonna use it for liquidity hub? Yes, Adar, it came out. Shout out to Crypto Erie. We love her content and she will be joining Good Morning Crypto in the next coming weeks. But Jackie, or sorry, let's go to Mario. Mario, one of the things that we've identified is when a company's making acquisitions, that means they have profit to spend. And Ripple confirmed this last week in Dubai. Brad Garlinghouse said they have $1 billion in cash on their balance sheet, ready to make acquisitions in this market. And here's a primary example. How do you feel about this latest acquisition out of Ripple? Yeah, it, I think it's, you know, it's super bullish, just much like uh, much of the news we've been getting recently from Ripple. But Bitstamp, for those that don't know, Bitstamp has been around since 2011. So they're very well established in the space. I mean, 20, 2009, Bitcoin's inception, they were they were around two years later. So they've been around for a really long time. And the fact that Ripple, I mean, there's got to be a, a something that Ripple is up to because you know they they acquired they acquired uh, the uh, custody the custody company last week. Now, yeah, and uh, Medico exactly. So that now they're acquiring Bitstamp. So I think you know all these things are bullish. I think I feel like the nar narrative is is starting to turn like really quick bullish for for Ripple and especially with what's happening with the SEC, how things are looking extremely positive for them. But you know it, it's it's super super exciting nonetheless. And Jackie, we're going to be talking about this news. Brad Garlinghouse stated it's going to be weeks, not months, until the lawsuit is over. And that puts a solid deadline around seven weeks out. But before we get into it, how do you feel about this news? Bitstamp, the exchange we're showing right now, is now owned by Ripple. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, some of the moves that are being made, there are actually, you know, quite a few other exchanges that are being acquired. Um, Coach Davey actually put out a video this morning, Celsius being acquired, um, this being Bitstamp being acquired by Ripple. Um, Celsius, I can't remember who bought them up, what he stated this morning, but, um, and it is, it is all, you know, for, for institutions to kind of come in on the back end, you know, that's what he had said. And so, um it's just comforting you know know the game don't be played so look at the clarity behind uh behind you know these things that are happening right now in the markets uh and you know follow what the big boys do and mario before we get into our articles for today one of the things that mentelect has just commented he said bitstamp acquisition is strategic and it's a good move well in the last week alone we've seen some massive moves out of ripple they announced their cbdc platform their hong kong pilot the hinman emails are going to be released now we've got Brad Garlinghouse coming out and setting a deadline for a resolution on the Ripple lawsuit. So I'm going to ask you broadly, before we play this Brad Garlinghouse video, what do you think Brad and these guys know that we don't? Because in the last week alone, we've seen almost a dozen of massive news articles out of the company. Exactly. And those are exactly the, the signs that I was just referring to. I mean, I'm sure Brad Garlinghouse knows stuff that he can't disclose. I mean, it's only, it's only natural and understandable given the litigation that they're in, but um, I just I like to I like to look at how things are planning out or happening in the timing that they're happening, right? We're getting all these bullish news and I mean, Ripple over the past couple of years since they got sued by the SEC, they have continued to expand outside of the United States. So in, in that front, it's it, there's nothing new, but I feel like the acquisitions that are being made recently are bigger than any of those moves that they've they've made over the past two years. So maybe there is something that they know or they already know. And also, I think the fact that both coin, uh, both the SEC and Ripple uh, filed for an extension, I think that there's something to that because the fact that they both filed for that extension and and uh, the uh, judge obviously you know agreed with it. I have a feeling, and again, it's just my my instinct. It's telling me that there's something happening in the background, maybe a settlement. I don't know, uh, but uh, it would be interesting if something did come out with the fact that they're they're asking for for an extension on that on that deadline. So let me ask you broadly. One of our listeners commented and said that all of these articles are connecting to one thing: XRP being a bridge asset for all. Ripple acquired an exchange. They've also required, or sorry, acquired a custody service. So we're going to dive into that now. But guys, we got 295 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And there's two videos I'm excited to show you during this episode today. The first one is going to be Brad Garlinghouse making an announcement about the resolution of the XRP case. But there's another video going around this morning of John Deaton explaining how the SEC is not the only one trying to hide documents. Ripple is also working to conceal information about their company. But before we get into that, here's the breaking news article out of today is Brad Garlinghouse He's making some bold statements about the Ripple versus SEC resolution. Now, in, in terms of where things stand today, and you know, I'll try to not get too much into the, the legal weeds. Uh, you are right that I, I feel very confident that we'll we'll see a decision from the courts in this year. In fact, uh, I think I would guess it'll be in weeks, not months. Uh, there's some decisions that happened last week uh, that you may have read about that the, the judge uh, ruled against the SEC's effort to uh, redact certain information about uh, a, a very kind of infamous speech that the then director of corporate finance guy, Bill Hinman, gave talking about uh, why ETH, in his view, was not a security. And it, 
the, the court just ruled last week that the, the notes and emails associated with that are going to be made public and should be public around June 13th. So I think that's a huge win for transparency. But it really calls out is there hasn't been clarity. And despite calls and demands from leaders across the crypto industry, uh, we haven't seen that yet. But as I said, the, the Ripple decided to lean in and fight this fight both for Ripple with the whole industry. We've spent a lot of money defending it. Uh, and I think what we've called out is really that the, the, the government in the United States and the, the SEC particularly is putting politics ahead of smart policy. And because wow. of that, you're seeing entrepreneurs go overseas. You're seeing companies like Ripple. Most of our hiring is non-US now. Most of our customers, as I mentioned, are uh, non-US. And so I, I think it's kind of to be expected a lot of great, uh, a lot of great sound bites within that clip, Mario. And there were a couple of things that stuck out to me. Now, obviously, everyone this morning is discussing the hard deadline, seven weeks until the end of this lawsuit. But what I'd like to do right now is we're going to play this again, and we're going to pause it when you would like to comment. So, Mario, I'm going to play this right up until he talks about the deadline. Here we go. Now, in, in terms of where things stand today, and you know, I'll try to not get too much into the, the legal weeds. Uh, you are right that I, I feel very confident that we'll, we'll see a decision from the courts in this year. In fact, uh, I think I would guess it'll be in weeks, not months. So why do you believe that Brad Garlinghouse is making statements like that, Mario? We've heard him talk for months. And in January, he even made a bold statement where he said single digit months until the end of the lawsuit. That put us in August. Now that timeline's been moved up. We're talking about sometime in early July here, this lawsuit could end. So what do those statements mean to you? And then we'll kick it to Jackie. Yeah, I think, you know, as far as the timelines, he's been wrong in the past. He's already, he's given some timelines last timelines last year, which didn't really pan out, unfortunately. But um, he did say, like you mentioned, you know, he did say some very important keywords there as far as what they have against the SEC. And that alone could be, a winning factor for them, right? Or at least a settle a settlement factor. But we know that Ripple is not going to settle just by paying the fine and you know call it a day. They will settle if the SEC um, makes the statement that XRP is not a security, and that's what they want to walk away with. Whether it's through a win or a settlement, they want to know that XRP is not a, a security going forward. And I think that um, for me personally, you know, from from what I've gathered from the space i think that the most like likely outcome in my opinion and again it's just my opinion will be a settlement because the sec cannot um not that they can't afford but they it will look extremely bad on their part to lose i mean they're a government agency for them to lose it will be like <laughs> you know uh but if if they come to a settlement where ripple gets a slap on the wrist they get a bunch of money and then Ripple walks away with what they wanted, which was XRP going forward in the secondary market is not considered a security. I just hope that this is a good decision. This is a decision that that ends up being positive for the space. You know, not just XRP. Again, we've said it's many times. This is the entire crypto space at stake, or at least the clarity of the entire crypto space at stake in the United States. Outside of the United States. This is not seen. They've thrived outside of the United States. Crypto continues to be adopted and growing and rules are being created. Europe is uh, putting together a framework. Other nations out there are putting together a framework. They're finding out ways to incorporate blockchain into um, you know, the future of finance. But for some reason, the United States wants to continue to delay it through this litigation with, with Ripple. 
which, you know, the, the clues are there. It, it's happening for a reason. And I just hope that whatever comes out ends up being a form of clarity for the entire crypto space, not just Ripple or XRP. Jackie, one of the things we've noticed out of Brad Garlinghouse in the coming weeks is he's made some very, very bold statements when it comes to not settling unless there's a clear ruling on on uh, XRP not being a registered security, not only in the past, but going forward. And this morning, there was an interview on Fox News from Charlie Gasparino talking about how Gary Gensler is ready to begin his second tirade on crypto. And anybody who watches our channel knows they're going after exchanges first. So Real broadly, how do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse's statements? And then Gary Gensler, he may be starting his next crypto campaign. Yeah, Brad is super confident. And, you know, that that gives a lot of people um, the confidence and trust in him. By the way, that, I mean, they strategically have been going about this case and things like that. I will say err on a side of caution, though, um, because it kind of seeing things line up, you know, um, with the news that they had acquired Bitstamp, we are also seeing like other big exchanges um, from the past that had collapsed being acquired. And so they it to me, this is kind of what I see that they are making moves, um, you know, similar to other large corporations that are wanting to custody crypto. Right. And so we the little guys are, you know, we have full faith and um, we love XRP. Right. We're very big XRP advocates. We have full faith in in um, Ripple, the company, things like that. But at the end of the day, guys, um, they are still a corporation. They are still a business. And so kind of just keep that in mind. Um, They don't have our best interests at heart completely, Um, even though it does seem that way. You know, they're fighting for the people. We do love them for that because we are big, you know, XRP advocates. We are big bag holders. But that is something that we do need to keep in mind. Um, I will say just because my my heart's more with my community here. They're, you know, they're my best interest. So um, if I would don't expect like a huge pump to the moon, as they say, or, you know, you kind of need to kind of need to keep that risk and reward um, in in control and in play. Um, what I, I did have a question, though, Abs. he said some he said June 14th. What was June 14th again? Uh, on June 13th, the Hinman emails are going to be released. So a lot of people are anticipating that when the general public finds out about the corruption, the SEC may be more willing to settle or, or this case could move along quicker. So that's yeah. a conversation. So that's that's actually really interesting. So we have those two key dates to pay attention to June 1st, you know, that everything um, that we had just gone over that's happening in China and then June, you know, mid-June, those emails are going to be released. That'll be interesting to see how those types of things line up in the market as well. Um, if, you know, that kind of gets, uh, you know, an injection, like what if what if XRP gets relisted by that time? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but what if it does? And, and you know, there's, there's, you know, kind of, kind of some interesting things to think about um, that are happening in the space. Those are some big dates that are thrown out there. And Mario, one of the things that Brad Garlinghouse said last week in Dubai was that their Ripple's journey against the SEC is coming to a close, while the majority of the industry, their journey is just beginning. And one of our listeners commented that Fed now begins in July, correct? That is absolutely correct. And we've highlighted on our show how Ripple and the Federal Reserve have been working together since 2015 to get a Fed now payment system up and running. So what do you think about Brad Garlinghouse when he says, most of the crypto industry is just beginning their regulatory journey while Ripple's is coming to a close. Yeah, this could turn out that that's a really good uh, that's a really good way to look at it because, in that sense, then Ripple could be coming could be getting a, a head start because or XRP could be getting a, a head start because as the entire space 
as this looming uncertainty cloud over it, XRP is getting out of this already with with clarity. But I think at the same time, it will be it will be um, whatever decision comes out, it will create some sort of precedent. So therefore, you know, other projects, other cryptocurrencies can use that in their favor unless they're doing things differently. But I think it, it it's I think everything that's happening is happening in, in the right time. It just feels like all this stuff is happening at the right time. As somebody messaged with the Fed now and 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 the news that we've got coming next month. I mean, if they turn the printers back on, I mean, that's perfect timing for us for a resolution to come out of the XRP, especially if it gets listed. You know, the retail hype isn't really in the markets right now. That's why we haven't really seen huge pumps come out of anything, because I feel like if we were still in the bull market and these news about the Hinman emails that come out, we would have seen XRP run a little bit more than what it did. Um, absolutely. So at the same time, that's another thing that's been talked about a lot is do we really want these this decision to come out amidst a bear market? Wouldn't it be better to come out during a bull market for obviously profit taking sake? Um, but nonetheless, you know, whenever it does come, I think it's way overdue. We've been very patient. We've been waiting for a long time. It will be nice to get some clarity in the space. It will be nice to be able to um to be able to get some of that innovation that's being pushed outside of the United States. It'd be nice to get it back into the United States. It'd be nice to get some clarity because as we've heard Jeremy Hogan, for example, state many times, there's no way for an American blockchain company to operate within the within American borders. They have to seek um, you know, outside borders in order to be able to operate. So it would be really good to see that change. It would be really good to bring that innovation back to America, like I said. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's really exciting times if you look at it. And here's another announcement we found this week as XRP and XLM were name dropped at the Cybo Swift discussion. And they actually stated Ripple and Stellar are two of the only companies on the planet enhancing global payments today. But we got 331 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm going to play the end of this clip because I want to focus on one line he says. Right now, the SEC is putting politics over policy. Uh, there's some decisions that happened last week uh, that you may have read about that the, the judge uh, ruled against the SEC's effort to uh, redact certain information about uh, a, a very kind of infamous speech that the then director of corporate finance guy, Bill Hinman, gave talking about uh, why ETH, in his view, was not a security. And it, the, the court just ruled last week that the, the notes and emails associated with that are going to be made public and should be public around June 13th. So I think that's a huge win for transparency. But it really calls out is there hasn't been clarity. And despite calls and demands from leaders across the crypto industry, uh, we haven't seen that yet. But as I said, Ripple decided to lean in and fight this fight both for Ripple with the whole industry. We've spent a lot of money defending it. Uh, and I think what we've called out is really that the, the, the government in the United States and the, the SEC particularly is putting politics ahead of smart policy. And because of that, you're seeing entrepreneurs go overseas. You're seeing companies like Ripple. Most of our hiring is non-US now. Most of our customers, as I mentioned, and this reminds me of the mandamus brief that was filed by Coinbase, Mario, as they said, Ripple's already acting as if they've lost this lawsuit and are building outside of the United States. But what um, Coinbase was trying to provide in their mandamus brief was the fact that 
the SEC's enforcement actions only help economies overseas. They're not protecting American investors. They're actually taking good functioning crypto companies and forcing them to leave America so we can't even profit off of their growth. But guys, I'd love to get Mario's opinion. What's it mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the SEC is obviously they've they've got their failures. I mean, look at look at FTX. They weren't able to protect investors when it came to FTX. So they were too busy going after the the influencers and you know the Kim Kardashians, and they were too busy going after Ripple, a company that's actually trying to innovate in the space. So, but it, it's a true statement. You know, SEC is pushing that innovation away because while the SEC is doing this, but We've had this conversation, and, and again, it the Gary Gensler as the chair of the SEC is there to enforce, right? And they're an enforcement agency. And the problem is that uh, government has not set clear rules on who should be uh, regulating crypto, or they've not created new rules around what crypto is. So obviously, the SEC is doing what they're supposed to, and I'm not defending them, but I'm just you know stating the fact that they're doing what they're supposed to, supposed to which is uh, enforce the law of securities. And it's unfortunate that they're classifying crypto as securities because the rest of the world is seeing crypto for what it is. In the United States, we continue to have this looming cloud that nobody knows what crypto is. It, it, it's it's crazy that we don't seem to have anybody in power that's smart enough to analyze blockchain or understand blockchain or hire the right people to get informed on blockchain, right? So, but you know, nonetheless, it, it is kind of true what he's saying. Um, it is true that Ripple is fighting this for the whole industry. I don't think that Ripple is acting as if they've lost because if they were, they wouldn't be spending the $200 million fighting the SEC. But it is true that they are fighting this for the entire industry. And for that reason, I think that, you know, anybody who has interest in operating within America should be getting alongside Ripple and fighting this uh, against the SEC. And here's another huge video out of John Deaton because everyone's been highlighting how the SEC is working to hide internal documents. It turns out Ripple is doing something very similar, working to hide internal documents with Ripple. And we're going to tell you exactly what they're trying to hide here. But we got 340 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this latest video from John Deaton. House and Ripple and Chris Larson, they moved to seal information, banking information, Brad Gardenhouse's compensation package, names of Chris Larson's wife or children, things of that nature. Uh, Ripple also moved to, to, to seal forever um, payments to a cryptocurrency exchange uh, to list XRP or program sales of XRP to XRP investors. And then of course you had the individual people, MoneyGram wanted something sealed, uh, Bitstamp wanted something sealed, Coinbase, I believe it's Coinbase, wanted something sealed. And the judge ruled on all those things. And she granted each side's motions to seal some things and denied each side some things. Uh, Rosalind Layton, she addressed that Rosalind Layton filed a motion to intervene requesting the production of the Hinman emails. And she said, well, that's moot now. I don't have to rule on that because I've declared the Hinman emails to be unsealed. And so basically the judge is like, Brad Garlinghouse's compensation package, uh, uh, family members' names, uh, certain ODL, client names and sales 
because it could affect Ripple's business. Ripple had something sealed successfully, like an audit of their financial statements, you know, past and present, because it could impact, um, you know, their future. And, and so the judge said balanced the standards and said those are okay. And the experts for the SEC, their names are sealed. And investment banker's name is sealed. I tweeted out that person is sleeping uh, better tonight. <laughs> we don't know who that is. And, uh, and then she denied a whole bunch. But the main thing that got everyone's attention, of course, is uh, the hidden emails and that those things are now going to be released to the public. So that's basically why we're here. So he said a bunch of great information in there, Mario, but the number one thing everyone's been focusing on is the Hinman emails and the fact that even if there's a settlement from this point forward, Judge Torres has ruled that people like us are going to get access to look at the 63 drafts that were produced before William Hinman gave that speech. And as we've covered on this channel, there's already been some, I don't want to call it incriminating evidence, but some very interesting evidence of XRP not being able to qualify and fill out all four prongs of the Howey test which obviously means Ripple would win against the SEC. So what stuck out to you most about this clip? And how do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse working to hide some personal information? Yeah, that's the thing that uh, I want to give some words of caution, you know, is things are looking kind of too good to be true. And obviously what I mean is there's a lot of positive coming towards Ripple's way, right? Everything seems to be going Ripple's way. And usually when somebody looks too good, something looks too good to be true, it often is. And what I mean is like, it is the SEC, it is the government that they're fighting against. So let's be prepared for something unexpected to happen, right? Because we don't know. I mean, we don't know if Ripple really did everything the right way. We don't know if they operated 100% correctly. We don't know if the SEC could possibly find something incriminating against Ripple. So I am prepared for both scenarios. Obviously, I'm prepared, although I think more it will go more along the lines of a settlement and things being good for Ripple and XRP because that's it. I'm I'm kind of biased to, to think that way based on my portfolio. I am prepared for kind of something unexpected to happen and then more delays or whatever. So yeah, but it is it it is something that we just don't know and let's see what happens but the fact that they both came out and asked the judge for 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 a week extension i thought that was a little bit um uh, not weird but i thought that the timing was kind of you know there's something there so i'm intrigued to see what what comes out a week a week after the deadline so on the 13th i think right 13th of june Exactly. And we already have some insight into what could be in those emails, Jackie, as there were some documents released from John Deaton were in the footnotes of some internal SEC emails. Advisors were telling William Hinman, XRP doesn't qualify as security for these specific reasons. Now, he chose to not listen to that. And then he gave a speech in promotion of Ethereum. But why did he decide to do that? This is what we can debate. He went right back to Simpson and Thatcher and was making $7 million per year the second he retired from the SEC. And of course, they're a part of the Ethereum Alliance. But Jackie, this is another video I'm really excited to play for our listeners. We've got a bunch of great topics prepared. The SEC's mandamus brief is forcing the SEC to come out with some crypto policy. We're also going to talk about how Joe Rogan is excited about the crypto market. But before we do that, why don't you close out the Ripple segment? Yeah, I just had a couple comments, Abs, that I wanted to touch base on. And this is more like macroeconomics, so it's going to kind of be a little bit of a um, little bit of a side note. But um, 
you know, Coach JV talks a lot about um, different authors to study and things like that. So I recently have been diving into Ray Dalio and he has a great book um, about the changing of world orders. I really think that this will play a pretty big um, part in that. Just uh, we, you know, they hinted at going overseas um, specifically with this case, um, Ripple versus the SEC going overseas. And I really, really think that you know, that kind of opened my eyes as to the reality of of a lot of, you know, cryptocurrency companies and and custodians going overseas away from the United States. So bringing this back to Ray Dalio's book, he had mentioned it, he had written this, you know, years ago, and he talks specifically about the rise of China, um, uh, you know, their their rapid growth um, and influence in the world. And he talks specifically about the decline of the United States. And he states specifically um, due to mounting debt, due to political polarization um, and just like challenges, um, you know, kind of affecting our our economic landscape and things like that. And so that kind of hit me. And that's a great connection, um, you know, in the present reality of right now. Um, what's going to happen in the future. And then he also talks about, you know, the the emerging of other powers such as India and things like that. And so that's what I really appreciate about um, Coach JV, that he di deep dives into those macroeconomics and puts all those pieces together. And that's something that we all, you know, kind of, you know, a majority of our listeners are living in the United States. You know, we all live in the United States. And so that's something, you know, instead of just kind of being pigeonholed just into the, um into the here and now of like the cryptocurrencies, we need to look at it as a broader perspective as well as what's going on, you know, within the world and kind of the shifting of the world powers, because that's something, I don't know, that's something that's a pretty big interest of mine. Um, but it definitely like just seeing these, what's going on at this point in time, like with the case, and then those little subtle mentions of, of, you know, going overseas and things like that. Those are, those are, big hitting points, big messages um, to my to my eyes. Mario, a great article I read this week was that AI was asked to decide which five cryptocurrencies are going to survive the next decade. XRP was left off of that list, but I'm going to just break the news to you here. The top three were Bitcoin, Ethereum, and BNB token. You know what the last two were? Some big surprises here. Cardano came in at number four and Polkadot came in at number five. Now, if we've learned anything about AI, it does have the personal bias that the developer actually implements into it. So it's not an unbiased list, but I thought it was worth mentioning on the show. And these are some William Hinman statements that we got on June 14th, 2018, in reference to the speech. Putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, based on my understanding in the present state of Ethereum, the Ethereum network and its decentralized structure, current offers and sales of Ether are not securities transactions. And that's why this speech is such a big deal. When an SEC commissioner comes out to the public and gives a speech telling them their asset class is free of the securities regulator, some very optimistic news. And we saw the price chart pump about 7 to 11% on this day. So Mario, close us out here. How do you feel about these Hinman statements? Yeah, you see that that's, that's one of the big problems that we have with the SEC at the moment with Gary being there. It's He's not been able to he's not been able to answer the question on whether Ethereum is a security or not. When people who were in his position in the past have stated that Bitcoin and Ethereum were not securities. Now all of a sudden we have a new a new uh, a new chairman and he's not able to answer that question. So 
I don't know, man. Like it, it's it it's very confusing. It's very frustrating for the for the people in the space, especially for like you know, as Jackie was just talking about us being in the United States. It's very frustrating being here as an investor, believing in the crypto space, knowing you know, as as yesterday, uh, as Linda mentioned on the show yesterday, she's seeing a very uh, strong similarity to to uh, to the internet when she was investing in the companies of the internet back back in the in the 90s like uh, johnny crypto said when when abs was in diapers uh but uh you know like we see like we see the blockchain potential we know the blockchain potential and at the same time it becomes very frustrating as an investor here because we have the government or a government agency that's enforcing the wrong actions or in our opinions wrong actions uh wrong actions and then we have the government that's not really doing anything about it they're not moving forward with any legislation or rules so, but yeah, it, the confusion continues, man. Like uh, Gary Gensler has not stated Ethereum is a security when, uh, or it's not a security, whether it is or not, when clearly in the past they've stated that it, it is not. So we'll see what comes out of that. Maybe because of the merger, maybe because of the Ethereum going into a proof of stake, they're starting to consider it not be a security, but uh, consider it to be a security, I should say. But, you know, uh, the, the topic of decentralization is a whole different thing. That's, that's a whole different topic. You know, we know, we know how the nature of Ethereum is. We know that it, it, it will most, it, it, it has a tendency to be centralized more than decentralized given the players that are involved. So that's a topic for a whole different day, I suppose. And we've heard their consensus, the group behind Ethereum bragging about how they time the top of the market. It's almost as if it's not a coincidence. But guys, we got 330 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I just got word from Johnny Crypto. He will be joining us in the next five minutes. But Mario, one of the things that I wanted to announce while we're on the topic of Ripple is the fact that while the SS, while the U.S. is lagging behind, Ripple is currently working with 20 countries in the development and implementation of central bank digital currencies. And of course... That is going to add value to the XRPL and to XRP, the token in itself. But Jackie, I wanted to connect it to this article, actually, as MasterCard's chief says blockchain can bring much more value to financial services. And there was one line in particular down here that caught my attention. It said, someday soon, we will be able to spend cryptocurrencies as seamlessly and as contact, sorry, as contactless card payments. But it will require developments in some areas including crypto cards, service providers, and easier crypto to fiat conversions for payments. Now, why is this important, Jackie? This is the chief of MasterCard coming out, and he's not using the word blockchain here. He's using the word cryptocurrencies, and there's a big difference when you listen to these billionaires speak. Big difference between crypto and blockchain. How do you feel about this latest article? Yeah, that is actually very interesting that you pointed out, Abs, um, because that's something that that I specifically say on here is, pay attention to the words cryptocurrencies and blockchain because, you know, in the past, Rosie Rios, everyone has said that blockchain will be, you know, will stick around. Um, And we know that we're pretty, you know, deep dived into the space that we know that a lot of cryptocurrencies are going away. Um, I think that that is very unique that he says that we will be able to spend cryptocurrencies. Um, But I mean, CBDCs can be considered cryptocurrencies as well and and things like that. So um, obviously that's that's one of the things that he um, that he is alluding to by saying that. Uh, but it is interesting. Uh, you know, you already are starting to see, you know, MasterCard, Visa, um, 
even Apple Pay. Apple Pay just partnered. Um, this is kind of like a little little side note. Apple Pay just partnered with a you know an NFT um, on the Solana blockchain. So we're starting to see these partnerships link up, and it is it's kind of fun. Kind of uh, you know gets those those nerdy excitements within you going. But um, yeah, that's cool. And Mario, one last comment here. He said that these novel technologies of blockchain and crypto are becoming more popular globally. And the SEC, the United States, they know this. I don't want to hammer this home anymore. But the lack of security and complex user interactions limit the technology's use cases and utilities. I'm not even sure what he's referencing here. When he says lack of security, I'm not sure if he's talking about a, a hacker or if he's talking about a lack of security when it comes to individual payments. But what does this quote mean to you? And then hopefully Johnny Crypto's here. Yeah, I think that, you know, those statements are very bullish. And I think that that's, that's the, I think that's what everybody's hoping for. Everybody's hoping that at some point there is more utility added to all these different cryptos. And at some point we can spend them, we can use them, we can um, uh, exchange them for, for some other sort of value. And that will be the ultimate, I think that will be the ultimate uh, case scenario for, for a lot of these cryptos. The moment where you are able to seamlessly, like they, like they uh, said in the, in, the, in, in the article, the moment that you can seamlessly spend them or transact with them, that's when uh, adoption will come into play. So, you know, I, I still think that we're extremely early in the space. There's still so much developing to, to happen. So many of these different blockchains are still under development. Like Cardano was at the, you know, at the bottom of that list for, for the AI, but who knows, maybe Cardano does end up winning the race as, you know, as the snow, uh, as the slow one, as a slow pacer, who knows, right? Uh, the important thing is to remember that we are extremely early, it, you know, as some people have been mentioning in the chat, great projects, you know, put your investments into different um, variables, different players that you, you believe could have the potential to win and just Remember that you're early. Thank you, Mario. And I just got word from our producers, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto has finally showed up. And Johnny, we're very excited to have you on the show today. There's a couple of topics I want to run through you quickly, but how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, as John Fuchsia says, always better late is better, <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> how are we doing, everybody? Everybody good? Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs. Let's hop into it, Abs. I know we don't have a lot of time left. Awesome, guys. And we're going to go right back to this Brad Garlinghouse video as this is the breaking news out of today. Brad Garlinghouse is claiming that in the coming weeks, this lawsuit will be over. Now, in, in terms of where things stand today, and you know, I'll try to not get too much into the, the legal weeds. Uh, you are right that I, I feel very confident that we'll, we'll see a decision from the courts in this year. In fact, uh, I think I would guess it'll be in weeks, not months. Uh, there's some decisions that happened last week uh, that you may have read about that the, the judge uh, ruled against the SEC's effort to uh, redact certain information about uh, a, a very kind of infamous speech that the then director of corporate finance guy, Bill Hinman, gave. I thought it was William, Johnny, but what I'd love to focus on here is the fact that Brad Garlinghouse is getting outspoken against the SEC. And this is what I need. This is what I need from you. When Brad Garlinghouse came out a couple of weeks ago in Dubai and said, for the majority of the crypto industry, the journey against the SEC is only beginning and our journey is coming to a close. Well, here we have making some hard deadlines. He said, it's not going to be months. It's going to be weeks. And so my guess, my safe assumption here is less than eight weeks from today. We could have a resolution in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. I'd like to hear your opinion. 
Well, you know, first of all, Abs, you know, Bill and Will can be used interchangeably, but <laughs> we'll say that for another day. But, uh, you know, the reality is it's kind of coming to fruition. It's almost like I think we talked about this yesterday, the day before on the show. I feel like the judge is waiting for the Hinman emails to come out because she's making a very important decision. And I feel like when humanity or society can see what that decision is or see what those are in those emails, like, for example, the smoking gun, I think it'll make her job a lot easier. And I think that's all we're waiting for here. So it sounds like to me, you know, if Brad is going on and saying that he either a, you know, his lawyers or somebody, they, they got a little, little something through the, uh, the little birdie that told him this thing's going to come to an end soon, or he's going off the same thing that John Deaton said, which, hey, by September, if she doesn't make a ruling, she's got to go in front of the Congress and explain why she hasn't made a ruling, and that's usually not a good thing for a judge. So my guess is it's one of those two things that's leading him to say that, but we're going to find out. How many weeks do we have between now and September? What do we got? One, two... We got about 12 to, yeah, you know, so who knows? You know, we're going to find out, Abs. It's going to be very, very interesting. But it was so funny. Did you hear that reporter's action, reaction? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. She's like, what? Who? What? She was stunned to hear that. So that was pretty cool. She didn't. Well, Johnny, this is another video I wanted to show, but the audio is just a little bit too poor. Uh, this is Fox Business reporter Charlie Gasparino talking about how Gary Gensler, many banking officials behind the scenes have been informed. Gary Gensler is going to begin his second tirade on crypto exchanges. And I think it plays perfectly into what Brad Garlinghouse said, right? While they're finishing their SEC journey, most of the market is just beginning. I'd like to get some statements there. Yeah, it's 100%. Well, actually, it's going to be very interesting. It depends. So the journey will be beginning if we just get a settlement. If we get a settlement, what we talk about here on this show, right, is pretty much that just means Ripple, you know, you get the you get the blessing. Padre Pio, Espirito Santo, right? They're blessed and they get to kind of go on and, and kind of move and they kind of know their fate and their future. And the sad thing is the rest of the industry, like you just said, it just has to get started. They all have to go through the same exact, um, you know, painful process and expensive legal battle that Ripple went through, okay? If we get a settlement. If we get a ruling, well, then you know what? If we get a ruling at Judge Torres's level and that's it, the ex, uh, the uh, SEC doesn't appeal abs, then we kind of have a little, little, little weak, weak, but a little line of clarity for the crypto market, the crypto space. We get a little bit of like, you know, companies can kind of point to this case and it could, you know, it could, it has some validity potentially. But if it goes to the appeals level and it holds up, now it's a whole new ballgame. Now, the, the rest of the industry isn't that far behind because we'll have enough clarity where the industry can now start to feel comfortable saying, hey, we saw how they ruled in the XRP case. That's going to hold up as, as law in most cases. And you're going to see much more of the industry starting to take chances, starting to open in the U.S. and do things here. So to me, it all depends on which nobody realizes, but there's three different levels. And I didn't realize that either until we talked to Jeremy Hogan. But I hope that gives some clarity to our listeners. There's three different levels. We need to wait to see how the ruling comes out in this case. The how of this ruling is more important almost than the what. It's not. But I mean, the how matters just as much as the what. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And I think it plays into this next article. As Coinbase is forcing the SEC to come out with some crypto rules this week, 
after filing a mandamus brief stating that the SEC is only harming the crypto industry. The SEC has demonstrated its intent to continue its enforcement campaign against the crypto industry on the very topics raised by Coinbase petition, while ignoring that petition as it has done for years with other digital asset rulemaking petitions. The SEC chooses to deny Coinbase's petition. It could still be required by the mandamus to decide on digital asset regulation. The mandamus ordered from a court, according to Coral Law School, requires a government official to properly fulfill their official duties or correct an abuse of discretion. Coinbase continues to take issue with the SEC's alleged lack of action through both its failure to inform Coinbase of digital asset regulation, while the exchange initially asked for clearer rules. And what's so interesting about this whole thing is why are they so silent, Johnny? What is the benefit here for the SEC not providing rules? It's like a road without a speed limit. Any cop can pull any car over, and that's what the SEC is taking advantage of. How do you feel about this latest update? Well, I feel first of all, like who makes up these names? And like, uh, like they, <laughs> the SEC just got kicked in the anus by the man Davis. I don't know who comes <laughs> up with these things, but the reality is that's what happened here. Is this is sad that you have to go file a mandamus. I know I'm saying that wrong. Just a mandamus, whatever the hell you say. Just to get them to respond properly. I mean, that, and thank God our system has a process like this where, you know, this basically forces them to go do their freaking job and come out and make, you know, they, they, basically, they basically just kind of ignored them in their initial response. And this now, you know, let me just say this. Kudos. Kudos to Coinbase and Brian Brooks and the whole management team over there for really not laying down abs. They are like getting no help. They're getting slapped all over the place by the SEC. And like, hey, we're fighting this fight. We're coming. We're coming. <laughs> They're ready to go. And now they came back with a mandamus. Good for them. Let's see now if we can actually get something. But abs, you already said it. We already know what's happening here. We know at the top we're in Operation Choke Point. And so there's no surprise that this vagueness everywhere or we're not getting clarity anywhere, or we're getting, you know, we're refusing to answer, you know, in this case, the, 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 the you know, Coinbase's initial request, you know, or we're slapping lawsuits all over the place and shutting down staking everywhere. I mean, you just see it happening. And now, God, I just, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the good news. Did you guys talk today of what, what DeSantis said if he were to win the presidency about crypto? No, let's talk now. Oh, well, I don't, we got, you know, maybe we pulled the article up, but he basically said, oh, you had it. <laughs> You know, man, he basically said, like, if he were to uh, be president, he would um, promote this crypto, the, this technology and and not hold it back. And he understands why they're doing it, because it takes the control, you know, away from certain <laughs> certain entities. He said he's got balls. But, uh, you know, kudos to him. Good for him, because I'll tell you, we've been saying for a while here. Yeah, there it is right there. Uh, as president, there it is. He said he'll protect the right to, you know, for Bitcoin and, and crypto to grow. And I think I, you know, we've been saying it. It's it's it matters who's at the top and what and what the message is top down. And so if we see a change in 2024 at the top, and it's gonna be a Republican, almost any Republican, and I don't care whether you like Republican, Democrat, Mickey Mouse, I don't really care. I'm just saying, in this case, if you hear the Republicans who are talking, a lot of their agenda seems to be pro-crypto. So that's why I'm saying if we get a Republican in in the top, I think you're gonna see a boom. In crypto in 2025, but that's just my Nostradamus opinion. And Johnny, I think we're seeing something interesting here because while other, I guess, New York and Boston and California and some of the more blue states are open to the idea of a central bank digital currency, we're seeing 
maybe, I mean, right now they're states, they could soon be countries, right? Texas and Florida and many of these other jurisdictions banning this technology. And the question I have for you before we kick it to Mario and Jackie is, if we do see a divide in financial policy, does that mean that there could be a divide in borders? You know, I don't think we'll ever see the day, and I don't think you will either, or our kids will, when America is divided into the point where where Florida and California and Texas and New York are different states. I'm not sure sure that that's ever gonna gonna happen in our lifetime. There's always been talk about that since you've been in diapers, probably since I've been in diapers. But you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna really. I don't necessarily see that. I think you are hearing a lot of division. I think there is a lot of differing opinion in the United States on different things. And it has caused us as a society to be more divided as a whole. But do I see the country splitting up? Not necessarily. I, I, I don't I don't think so, uh, Abs, if you were to. In my personal Let's close it out with more of a fun conversation because we're getting a lot of questions about quant as it has fallen below the hundred dollar price. Go, baby. We've been watching it for quite a while here, Johnny. And I wanted to show our listeners an update on the quant versus Bitcoin pairing chart that's looking extremely bullish. Now, don't take this white line here as proof because it's a little bit misleading that we would go all the way up to 0.2% of a Bitcoin. But I do think that quant is in some sort of a bullish trend. And if we saw $80 quant, a $60 quant. That would be an exciting opportunity for the majority of people in the market. So any closing statements here on the quant price chart? Yeah, you know, I told Mario to sit tight. I said he'd see maybe 60 again. Maybe we don't see 60, but I'll tell you what. Mario, if you see 80, you better start backing the truck up. Bring that truck up. Pull that silver bitch. Put it in reverse. Back it up. I'm going to be buying, you know, somewhere in that 80 range if we get there. Abs. I've been waiting for this thing to come down since it's been sitting at 150, you know, or since the times when we were talking at 150. So if we see this thing do a 50% retracement, to me, that's a spot where it's going to look a little tasty. It's going to look very appetizing to me. Here's um, a good question. I think it's a great one to end the show on. Is there any need for quant when XRP is so interoperable? Yes, yeah. because when you go into these so, banks, you know the answer? Perfect. I think So I think that's where, you know, this is why cryptocurrency is complex, right? For a question like that shows that it's very hard to understand this space. So <clears throat> you have to think of each blockchain as a person that speaks a different language. I'm trying to break this in an analogy to make it simple. So imagine Mario speaks you know, Portuguese and I speak Italian and Ab speaks English and Jackie speaks German, right? And so we're all different blockchains here. And I know Jackie's going to say, why did you pick me to speak German? I don't know, Jackie. It just came to my head. I <laughs> just kidding. But so if we're all speaking, if we're, all different, if we're in different blockchains and we're speaking different languages, even if let's say my blockchain is the biggest, but you still have blockchains out there, how the hell are we going to talk to each other? And that's kind of what Quant. Quant is that kind of, think of it as the, the translator in between all of us so we can all come together and have a great time at a, you know, at a, at a private lake house. No, I'm just kidding. But so the point is it needs to be something, you know, that, that allows everything, all the blockchains to work and talk together. And so you're always going to have always doesn't matter who dominates. You're always going to have a need for interoperability because the system doesn't work on one blockchain. There's multiple levers, layers of the way things work abs. So XRP may be the liquidity piece. But then there's another piece that handles the communication. And we showed that big map of all the different things you need for Oracle. So you have data. You've got, you need file storage. You need cloud access. You need all these different pieces to, 
to build a house. It's not just a house. You need, you need the electrical. You need the plumbing. You need you need the the foundation, right? Another Same big difference here, Johnny, is that when Ripple approaches central banks, the biggest the biggest hurdle for them to partner with central banks is that they have to start using the RippleNet system. What Quant Networks' advantage is is they can integrate into traditional finance, whether that's a Swift system or a different system operating today, and then the bank doesn't have to make this massive, I guess once in a lifetime shift, right? And that's what everyone's anticipating with Ripple. So Quant can kind of make that process more elongated and seamless. And that way there's no flitch of the slip moment or whatever I say, switch of the flip moment. Instead, it's a gradual integration. So 10 seconds, any comment? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, just even though, you know, that this solves just one piece of the solution, there's multiple things happening all the time. How do you get the data? How do you share the data? How do you move it around? All that stuff. And again, that's where the interoperability is necessary and you're going to need it. And that's where Quant comes in and plays that role no matter which.